did you take that bounce back loan straight away or did you have a bit of a uh, ponder on it? Well, to be honest, mate, I just got it, but I only got 40. I don't know why. Right. Why was that then? I don't know. I just, I just had, I don't know. I just put in 40. I, oh, <laughs> I just went on and put 40 instead of 50 for absolutely no good reason whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, fuck, well, it doesn't matter. 40 grand, you know I mean? 40 grand. The advantage is I've already got to pay 40 back. But, yeah, exactly. You'll get it paid um, back quicker. Yeah, now it seems so stupid. I mean, uh, I don't know why I did 40. I've, I don't know, because the bank gave me a 10 grand overdraft and we got that 10 grand grand, didn't we? As yeah. well at the time, if you remember, which was quite a similar time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just thought, oh, 10, yeah, 40, that'll do. I kind of didn't know if it'd be harder to get. I don't know. I don't know why I did it. Do you know, well, I, I just know. looked, I looked at my turnover and it said you can get X amount for percentage of turnover. And I thought, fucking hell, it's brilliant. This being a car dealer, because I knew some people that had, I don't know, a sandwich shop, and they'd went for it, for it and they'd said, oh, we, we've got five grand, and they were buzzing. And I was thinking, bloody hell, we can, like, even if you've made no profit just because well, yeah, of the turnover. I mean, yeah, that says it all for us, though, doesn't it? We, we can literally turn, I mean, we can turn over a million quid and make nothing. It's, it's I know. Quickly <laughs> yeah. That's what it seems like you're always you're doing half the time to be fair. But. Man, this this yeah. job is so much. It's like that that um, that saying turnover is vanity, profit sanity, and like fucking hell. Like if you say to people, oh, I've turned over one and a half million, it sounds brilliant, doesn't it? And then well, it does. You can you can sit in the pub on a Sunday and you can say, um, I've got a million pound business, can't you? Effectively, yeah. that, that's what that's what a million pound business is. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you've got one pound or you know, I don't know. You, you know, you know, you can't make two hundred thousand quid from a million pound turnover in this business, can you? It's too no. much expense. No, no, I'm learning this now because I used to look back at it and I'd think, well, I can buy a car for five hundred and make fifteen hundred, and that's a grand. And if I do it, mm. but it just doesn't work like that, does it? No, I remember when when I started um, and coming out of employment coming out of my job which was I was kind of an office manager at 24 23, 24 yeah. well, how old are you now Craig? I'm, 30, I'm 34 now 35 this year so 34 so right. 10, basically been in, it, been in this 10 years but I think I was on about 1100 I came out with £1,100 a month um, in the office so what's that a week for two, two, 280 a week is it? yeah so when someone tells you when uh, my partner at the time said, look, you know, he, he was already into cars and stuff, said, look, you know, we can buy this car for 500 and sell it for a grand. Well, hang on, that's more than I earn a week. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You think that's how it worked in your head at that time? Though? Well, look, we can buy this, I can remember saying, you know, we can buy this Polo for, for two grand and we can get two, two 690 back for it if we, if we do it up, yeah. if we polish it. And it's like, bloody hell, 700 quid. Like, but yeah. it's not 700 pounds, is it? It's, it, no. it never will be 700 pounds. No, no. No, and that's the problem. It's an awful lot better, but yeah, than yeah. sitting in the office nine till five all week. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Bloody hell. But you, you learn the hard way, don't you? Because mm. in the beginning, you're sort of a busy fool, aren't you? That's what you... Yeah, we, I mean, we turned over some silly amount of What happened then? So, you were an office manager, and then you went, what, you, just you and your mate got into cars? Well, my then? friend was at university, he... Um, he sold a few cars while he was at uni, but he'd come kind of sell a couple here and there and then not want to sell them anymore, if you know what I mean. He, whatever he needed. If he needed a gram for the month, he'd sell a couple of cars and think that was that. Yeah. So he said to me, he knew I was kind of organised and could do the other bits and bobs. So he said, well, look, should we kind of do this properly? I'll, I'll source the cars and you can do all the other stuff. You can deal with the customers. I think I did the, I did the valeting as well for a year and a half. So that was the, that yeah. was a hard lesson. And a, you're quick learning, isn't it, when you've yeah. got to clean them. If you don't clean them, well, we're not going to sell. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it, but I can remember my dad taking the mickey out. You've gone from taking the piss out of me big time. He's like, you've gone from being an office manager. Yeah, to a valet. And, and now you're cleaning for shit and dog hairs out and Werther's original from under the seat of <laughs> Voxels of Fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember yeah, vividly saying that. But um, So, yeah, that's how it came about. So we just, we just, we just kind of learned on the job because neither of us really knew how to run a business, really. We just... We just learned as we went along. We yeah. what, he kind of knew what sold. The buying was never difficult actually because he did. He did have. A, he kind of had a good eye for what sold. But that's for everything else. And 
you know, you see these people come on the forum all the time, don't you? And say, what do I need to do? How do I prep this car? And all, all that, we just we just taught ourselves because I don't yeah. think there was the forums then. There was the auto trade forum, but it wasn't busy and, it, and, and there certainly wasn't the advice like there is now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, so you so you got, got a few cars and then did you get premises after a while? Yeah, we got a good, we got we got lucky actually. We got a unit on, on Pride Park, which we, we knew, my dad knew the... Uh, knew one of the owners there and he, he was vacant so we got a really good deal I mean we were paying I don't know 10 or, 10 or 15 percent of what it would be so we could we could kind of call ourselves Pride Park car sales and we looked a lot more grand than we were if you know what I mean from yeah. the start yeah um you know the website was decent so yeah I want to say we had about 15 cars and we may have started off with less than that I can still remember a couple of cars we started off with a mink pea green voxel course I remember that I remember the first phone call asking me if the cab belt had been done, and I made a massive mistake because it didn't even have a cab belt, which is just again, <laughs> classic now. Isn't it? And then, so did you think, right, I, I need to go on my own, or did you have a fallout, or what, what uh, happened we with you? Yeah, and it, well, it wasn't working after a while. And balance of work, and I think now, I mean, now I'm literally on my own. I've been on my own for five years doing it solely on my own. I've had employees in that time, but the decision making is mine. I find it so much easier. Yeah. Um, just little things about I don't know the way you advertise cars and which cars to buy and just it's so much easier this isn't making yours and basically if something goes great you can praise yourself can't you and if it all goes tits up well you can there's yeah. only one kind of person to blame as well <laughs> yeah. which I do like it's, it's stressful but it's the best way and so so if you could like su- sum your business up in two minutes now how would you sum it up well I want to kind of say we keep it simple I, um I definitely wouldn't call us car sales. Like we get so many comments that say we're not we're not sales oriented. And you know, a lot, I know a lot of people say they don't put pressure on. We're pressure free, but we are we are the definition of pressure free. We just we just get laid back. The cars are going to sell anyway. We're, they're prepped to a good standard. We try and be keen on price. So that's it, really. We just we just try and take all the hurdles out of it. Um, we don't want to fall out of anyone. We all get the aggro customers, don't we, from time to time, yeah. whatever you do. But yeah. we do. My, I, I just want an easy life, you know. I want to get to my 15 to 20 cars every single month, and I want to get there in the easiest and quickest way possible, basically. Yeah, yeah. and to sell 15, 20 cars for people listening, how, how many do you stock? Uh, we've got, uh, I hold about 40, but I would say we've got 30 to 35 at any one point. Yeah. Yeah. Sale. So, yeah, maybe, you know, if we have a really busy period, if we had a busy fortnight or a busy 10 days and I don't stock up as quick as normal, might get down to 20 or 25. But, um, but yeah, we turn, I'll turn at least 50% of my stock every month. Yeah, that's it. Because we've got similar setup to you and uh, that, that's yeah, what I've all... I think some of our stocks, I mean, they're pretty much the same yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's same, same setup. Um, only thing is, what's different between me and you? Like, I've got a va- full-time valeter, and I've got a part-time photographer, videographer. So I don't know how you do this all on your own. I mean, well, do, do you have a valeter come in part-time? Well, I, had valet, I actually had a valeter on site all uh, five days a week at one point, but I, it's, it's in the quiet times. I kind of thought, well, I don't really need this. And I like being busy, so if I'm at work, I want to be busy. So yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't mind working a couple of hours. You know, if I only have to go in for an hour a day, that suits me fine. I've got plenty of stuff to do. I'll come home or whatever, watch some cricket, watch some football. It's all good. But if I'm at work, I'd rather, if I'm there for eight hours or ten hours, I'd rather have ten hours work to do. So I yeah. don't mind looking in. But yeah. the valid thing I decided to outsource, um, it can be done off-site. They do it to a to a reasonable standard. And obviously, you know, if you want to put any bells and whistles and do some polishing and extra stuff, you can do that when it gets back. I think a lot of traders do that, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Get like a basic a basic valet down at the car wash, which is good enough for fifty yeah. percent of cars. Yeah. And then you can do your bits and bobs extra yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you see what what I can't get my head around is with me, I need my valeter all the time just for like logistics, getting cars, dropping cars off at the, the uh, garage. Um, well, I think um, you're you, 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 you kind of out of the city slightly, aren't you? Yeah, we're like in a village, yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong, we've got a, a mechanic right next door to us, but my favourite mechanic, me, ma- magician, if you know what I mean, <laughs> he's like 50, well, 10, 15 minutes away. So we're constantly dropping cars off to him. And then next door is like MOT, servicing, 
discs and pads, ball on ball off, you know. So for that sort yeah, of stuff, I, it's great. I think, I mean, I've, if you, my, the body shop that I use, the mechanics that I use, the, the valeters that I use and the wheel refer places are all within two minutes walk from each other, ah, which is brilliant. a six minutes drive from me. So the way I looked at it, is that there's always going to be a car ready every single day. So there's always something to swap in. Now, yeah. it doesn't mean you have to swap in an MOT for a valet or an yeah. MOT for an MOT, sorry. You can be swapping in whatever. Yeah. But there's always going to be something ready in the next couple of hours. But what I also do now, and it's a lot easier now, because not kind of not as many financial constraints as there were, but you can just have dump cars. Like, I just dump cars all over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have like, yeah. I know for a fact I've got a Vauxhall Mariva on my stock book that's, I don't know where it is. And I, <laughs> yeah. I think, well, I do know where it got left in the pub car park, but when I remembered about it two months later, it wasn't there when I went back, and that's the truth. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, but I've got a, I've got, I know I've got a Clear, I've got a Kia Picanto, I've got a Peugeot with a noisy clutch, that, that should be fixed really. But yeah, they just, they just get left around. And yeah. I think after 10 years, you build up the reputation with... Um, the people who do your work for you, don't you? So, yeah. you know, the guy who does my MOT, Paul, we've used him for 10 years. He, 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 I consider him a friend, I guess, so he runs me about if needs be and I'll run him about if yeah. he needs something. Um, the working by appointment helps that. I definitely wouldn't switch that either. So I can nip out for an hour. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Because I remember when I first met you, you were, it wasn't viewing by appointment, was it? And you'd, you'd be at the... I was open at 10 every day, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, I think that's for me the same. I mean, I was used to be on the main road, and I felt like I used to have to be there all the time. Well, and then I'll be honest, I was told that I had that drummed into me. Yeah, same here, mate. Same here. Yeah, I did. It, o- old like, school traders. Old school yes, if traders. You wanna, if you want to look professional um, and you want to you want to project this professional image, you've got to be in work for for, for for nine effectively, and you've got to have all the cars clean. You haven't really because. It, you, people, I just think they're spending all that money, spending eight grand, ten grand, twelve grand, whatever. Yeah. Why can't they make an appointment? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, the way I look at it, it's like an estate agent. You don't rock up into an estate agent and go, "Oh, there's an house there. I want to go and have a look at it now." <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you can't do it, can you? If people who say they want to come now, like, that's not an appointment. No. Just coming now. Yeah. But um, I think what I did last year or maybe 18 months ago was say I'm going to do appointments in the week and obviously people kind of look at you like why are you being lazy and then you only want to go in an hour but generally speaking you're in eight hours a day anyway because there's obviously yeah. so much to do especially how I do it but but what I decided to do was to open on a Saturday and just keep my hours at 10 till 4 so if anyone was obstructive against the appointments or kind of said oh, I you know you get that people's tone changes sometimes doesn't yeah. it like, oh, I can't be bothered just say well that's yeah. no problem we don't want to put any pressure on you um, we understand that if you want to come down on Saturday, come and have a view, have a look around, the coffee machine's on, um, and we're open 10 till 4, and that, that seems to work, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, same Also, means. it makes Saturdays a bit of a different dynamic, because you don't, obviously I go in on a Tuesday, and I know whether I've got two customers, zero customers, ten customers, but on a Saturday, you don't know, it's kind of like open house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for me, on a Saturday, it works out, because what it is, I do 11 till 3. Uh, appointments so I seem to like build all my appointments up during the week for Saturday so I'll get so tomorrow I've got two appointments which doesn't sound like a lot but I'll always get on the morning two or maybe one or two people ringing up and I'll get like maybe three or four appointments on a Saturday which is which is perfect you know would you still go in if you had no appointments uh yeah I would yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, see, on a sat- because, Saturday, because it's, it's, Saturday, in, it's ingrained yeah. in you, isn't it? Saturday, yeah, you've I got think, to be there. It kind of, yeah, I mean, that was a big switch for me because as soon as I started to do this, like, I used to go to watch football every Saturday and that was kind of ingrained was going to the match and, yeah. uh, you know, having 10 pints and that was the Saturday gone. But as soon as we started this, it was like, well, yeah, Saturday is, is, is sales day, really, isn't it? It's, yeah. the day, it's the day you can knock out five sometimes yeah. without knowing about it. So the, yeah. buzz, the buzz is there sometimes. And yeah, uh, I'd be reluctant to close on a Saturday. I think I'd, be, I'd be reluctant to go to full appointment on a Saturday. I think it's it's nice to give people that little window. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. But I mean, like I I advertise appointment all the time, constantly. And 
it's just nice to get people blocked in appointments because you know where you are. There's nothing worse when I was on my own and you'd have like three people all turn up at the same time, just well, rock up. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, I there's a little bit of me disagrees with that because I, I, I mean, I've had loads. I mean, um, a few traders have told me I'm mad for this, but I like to book them all in a block in a cluster. Uh, right. I, 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 say I've got three interested on Wednesday next week. I'll try and book them all between twelve and one. Because, right. Because it it makes you look busy. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like that saying is if you ever want to get a tradesman, always get a busy one. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and one of them looks at the other and kind of thinks, well, hang on a minute. If he's if this is this place only runs by appointment. There's three of us here. If, yeah. if they're buying that, we better buy this or someone else is going to buy it. It's, it's just that little. They probably don't even know subconsciously in the head though. Somewhere it kind of goes. This place yeah. must be all right. Mm-hmm. They've only got thirty cars and. Yeah. 10% of them are being looked at now by us, you've, you, you, you've hit the nail on the edge because uh, in Mallorca, when I was the DJ, Magaluf, and uh, we used to like sell CDs from this, like on the front of a shop. Um, and uh, as soon as like, a couple of people turned up, then everybody else turned up. Like, what's yeah. going on here? Oh, and then, and then, but if there's no one uh, about, nobody wants to know. It's no, that formal, isn't it? The strip and, uh, when you walk down the strip and there's all those restaurants and people trying to get you in and there's one that's got 100 people in and they get the, they literally get in the trade all night, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The ones yeah. with nobody and who's going to go in them? They just, they just remain empty. Exactly. So, yeah, it's the same principle. So, mate, you're right. Yeah, definitely. It's a bit manic, though. It can be manic, especially when you're on your own and then, I don't know, customer one wants to do a finance application. Oh, yeah. Customer two wants to do a, a, an extended test drive. Customer three wants to analyse every bit of service history. But yeah. it's busy. You're, bit, you're so busy for them two hours, it flies by. Yeah, it does. The days do fly by. I must admit, bloody massively. And uh, so there's always something to do, isn't there? Oh yeah, it's great. Honestly, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's, especially at the minute, because it's like it just feels so busy, doesn't it? Every day is just flying by. So yeah, definitely. But, but, so so. So with you, like, your typical... See, this other thing, like, buying cars. So will you get them all delivered then, Every, everything? Um, 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 I'll probably get... I mean, I'm, I chat to Rory of, uh, of um, RS Car Sales a lot and, and James Elite pre-owned vehicles. Yeah. And then they can't believe I go and collect the cars sometimes. I literally didn't say, how do you do it? But I just plan my days. I just... Yeah. If I've got a few hours tomorrow and I've got one to come in from from Rory crew, I'll get on the train at eight o'clock and I'll go up there. Yeah. Um, I try not to go as far. I mean, I remember in the old days going down to Devon for Vectras and MX fives and <laughs> Southampton for I don't know whatever Fiat Pandas. I wouldn't do that now. I wouldn't. Yeah. It's been done, but now you know, like Sheffield. I think um, a massive thing for me is we're located and you as well. No different. We're located smack bang in the middle of the country. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Well, it can't, you can't be any better because it's good for sales, obviously. I always think about um, the people, out, you know, guys out in Lincoln and stuff. Well, 40% yeah. of, their, of their coverage, if you like, their catchment area is just water, isn't it? It's the yeah. thing, so <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't sell cars to, to that. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but even moving, like, we, we, we can bid on cars from Scotland and we can bid on cars from London, but what's it cost for a guy from London to get a car delivered from Glasgow, for example? Yeah, it's not too bad, is it? Talking no, about. it helps us. It helps. It's, it's a massive advantage where we are. So yeah, you know, yeah. I could nip to Birmingham and back. I can. I could get up at seven tomorrow. I could pick collect a car from Birmingham and be back in the office for half past nine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And will you? Will you? Will you still buy? Because you used to buy dealer auction all the time. Do you still? Is, is that like you still main uh, source? I think, I think. I think we've moved that to trade train, and we'll come. We'll touch on that later, actually, because um, I think one of the things. Yeah, one, we'll probably stuck to. I stuck to. Her certain buying methods probably for too long if you know what I mean got comfortable yeah yeah uh, and all of a sudden when you look at it it's like well hang on a minute the profits probably aren't there to justify it the price I mean dealer auction prices do are strong anyway yeah always been strong but when the quality of the, the vendors went down I would say but the prices stuck at where they were or even went all yeah um not as viable as it was. I still buy off dealer auction. I would say probably five or ten percent of my stock, but I would probably say that was I probably bought sixty to seventy percent off there at one time, which is yeah. a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mate, when I started out, I did. I remember uh, 
that, that dealer in Stoke holds holds yeah, with us. Yeah, I know Steve. I know Steve actually, isn't you know, yeah. Some, some cracking stuff. Steve, some people find him a bit miserable, don't they? <laughs> no, I had some brilliant stuff from there, and he was dead fair. But um, I just went off dealer auction. I just when it all changed. I couldn't work out where which dealerships they were coming from yeah, and whatnot. It, it was a lot. It was a lot harder, to be fair. But it's a shame because you you did get to know which dealers were worth buying off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I had massive problems with anything from drive box or the, the yeah, it's true, but yeah. <laughs> I just had to say no. I, I, gear, I just gear boxes or they've been bulged half of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Terrible, terrible cars constantly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But there were some great, some great deals on dealer auction, and we had some, we did some, we done a lot of deals on there, and bought a lot of cars. But certainly wouldn't, certainly wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket now. And yeah, I think no. trade to trade's been amazing. But even now, I've got traders who I've met off from trade to trade that I don't buy from on. Sorry, I don't look at their cars from trade to trade anymore. We're just in direct contact. I'm, ah, right, right. It's a massive. That's been a massive thing. I mean, I wake up to, I don't know, maybe twenty WhatsApps. Oh, most mornings yeah. with being offered cars so it's dead easy now oh that's brilliant I need to get on it I'll be honest I, I thought that's been a real eye opener for me and that's probably if you think about it maybe how I managed to get so much of the other stuff done if you if that makes sense because yeah. how, long, how, how long how many people spend two hours looking through the auction list oh, and then you've been yeah. on them you don't get near anything whereas if, if a trader comes to you and says look he, he knows what you stock anyway so he's not asking you you know he's not trying to put BM WM5 into you if you want yeah. Ford Fiestas yeah. you know he knows the price, he knows the rough retail prices because it's his job so he knows what margin roughly you want to work to so you can just kind of pick and choose your stuff you know and yeah. if someone's giving you dodgy cars or it's had bad spray, resprays or it stinks a dog you're just not going to use that trailer anymore so yeah. it's within it's in their interest to supply with decent cars as well yeah and, and are these traders from dealerships like or they're just uh, people well, What I do is I've I've started this car buying website and I've been doing it for about six months, maybe, maybe a year. I don't, I can't remember, but that that has worked really well for me because. How much does that supply? Me? Yeah, it's not loads though. It ain't loads. It can be between four and ten, which isn't great. Um, no, but ten, but ten. I mean, buying from the public is the best. He's got to be the best way to source cars. You can check them out, can't you? Simple as that. You can yeah. check them out better. You can. You've got more chance of getting a better price, I would say. Yeah. yeah um, and what I've found in the last year to a year and a half with, with prices stabilising, especially if someone's situation changed and they've got to get rid of a car sharpish, like I say they've only had it a year, a year and a half. It, probably five years ago, you'd have made them an offer and they're like, no, I can't lose that much. I can't lose three grand. But they're not losing that anymore because prices have stabilised or risen in many places. Yeah. The, the kind of like sometimes you know you can retail it now but what they paid for it a year and a half ago or a year it's still worth the same so they're only yeah. losing your margin which yeah. they can stomach that because they expect to lose something isn't it it's when someone yeah. pays 8 grand for a car a year ago they don't want to sell it to you for 4 grand no no, no not at all and are you, are you finding then buying do you find it easier to buy the see what I'm finding easier to buy from the car buying website is the stuff that's between like 6 and 12, 15 yeah, grand that middle ground stuff yeah. I mean yeah I, I was so keen to stay below 3 and 4 grand for years again the kind of comfort zone thing what we talked about was yeah. buying so selling's the same I just knew that market but the big change in the why I had to leave that market really was I think what you get now for 2.5 grand is not you can't really retail it we can't make a profit we can't warrant yeah. it yeah. The, 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 the modern day two and a half grand car is not what it was eight years ago. No, 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 no. You know, we, I, I remember we could sell Michaels and Polos and Fiestas at two six and two two, and they were good cars still. You know, yeah. they felt like they had a couple of years left in them. But what two grand car now feels like it's going to last two years or two, three <laughs> years? Not, not, not much, is it, really? Well, my little light bulb moment the other month was. You know, I've got because we've got forty cars on Auto Trader. You get seven for free. You know, the seven under two grand. Yeah, yeah. And because that's like that's our sort of where we started off, and it's like what, well, like you say, it's your comfort zone, isn't it? So I'm trying to get cars that 
I can retail at around 1500 to two grand. And even if I get just 500, 600 out of them and I can sell four or five of them a month, that, that that's great, isn't it? But the yeah, only... Well, it is. It's, a cream, it's cream on top of what you already do as well, yeah. which is nice. Exactly, exactly. But getting them cars... To be honest, I think I've just got to buy them private because at the well, auction... I, I think the days of them is, is gone. It's hard. You, you might get offered the odd one, you know, your friend's yeah. friend or yeah. your, your uncle's mum's dad or something, whatever. But I think the only way I think is part exchange. Like, you can yeah. take the odd... You, can take, you know, sometimes you take the odd, I don't know, £600 one day and you clean it up and it looks a £1,500 car, <laughs> so that's fine. Yeah. But you couldn't go to the auction and bid £600 on a Monday, could you? Because no. the chances the clutch is going to be shagged or... Yeah. Yeah. Gonna need all injectors doing or something. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just not. It's, it's just impossible. You know. I, I don't. I can't, I can't operate in that market anymore. No, so. no, no. I, I know what you're saying. I definitely know what you're saying. And then what it is is, it's like you always think the grass is green on the other side, and then you go back to selling them older ones, and you're like, "Fucking hell! Why have I started selling these? They're all bloody like rock boxes yeah, and right. stuff." But then you go, you can go on the forums, or you speak to a couple of the dealers, and it's like, oh, "Well, I sold this car, and it's." four-figure finance commission and I've took a chopper that's got more profit in it than the original deal and you think yeah. yeah I wish I could do things like that but uh, you know I'll go and buy an RDA4 and buy a manual with 16-inch wheels or something and he'll sit there all years <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate, I do that so much we, we bought a, an Audi S-Line and it was beautiful and you know you look at all the other traders selling these this sort of like German stuff and you think and they're having it off Bloody hell, we had it there for nearly like six months. Not a sniff. And then it's like, worrying, especially when you think you could get four or five cars with the money for something like that, can't you? That's, yeah, that's yeah, the issue. But, yeah. but, but, um, but the thing is, I like... I Boggo standard cars sometimes. I know. You, know, you can't... There's only, there's only so many alloy wheel options alloy wheel options for a Renault Megane, isn't there? So <laughs> I can't buy it with Bob wheels because <laughs> yeah. probably only two options, you know? And I say there's loads of times. It's got sat nav, it's high spec, simple as that. You don't yeah. have to worry about what the leather name of the lever is and what brand stereo is it's just a red began at the end of the that's day. it and you don't have, you know the other thing is it's like this um spec doing the spec on portal you know that's why i like a focus because just bang up bang on a focus and that's it but then you get a bm and it's like oh god i've got to do all these options and i've got to work it, 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 is, a, it is overwhelming especially because there's so many there are a lot of experts in that field so you know yeah. To, to get to the level playing field, you've got a lot of catch up to do. So, yeah, yeah. Do definitely. I really want to? I, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm in. I don't know if I'm interested. I'm probably not, to be fair. No, um, me and you, me and you, run about this when I came down to your place, and because I'm similar way. I'm not like, like don't get me wrong. I love cars and that, but I'm just not into like all this. I'm not in, no, you, I'm more kind of further level on. I just, I'm just not interested in cars to be honest. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just. I love the. I love the thrill of selling. I. Lo- I like the buying when I when I buy it at the right at the right price. Um, but you know, like saying, "Oh, I've got this Mercedes." I don't even know all the different variants of Mercedes. C class, D class. What? Yeah, like Avant I don't. I still don't know what that. Is. I don't. Fifty of them. <laughs> 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 people ring up and they're like, oh, "What's the brake power of this?" And I'm like. I don't know, mate. I ain't got a clue. Yeah, that's the funny thing when when you clearly have got like a forum nerd ring you up on some car you've had, you've stumbled upon, or you've, you know you've took him part exchange, and he's and he, you can tell he knows more than you. He knows he knows more than you. He yeah. kind of wants to say, "Can I speak to the owner?" Well, I have the owner. So yeah. Above me, here. but yeah, then you just kind of stuff to him, and it's age for me. I'm just not interested. I, I don't. I'm not interested yeah. in the level of the level of interest you've got in this car so yeah. crack on if you want to come and have a look and answer all your own questions but yeah I, yeah i don't know i don't know the towing weight of the, you know, I, don't, I don't care <laughs> yeah. i think that's a good thing though because you can take you cannot get too emotionally invested in the car well, that's it what's the point because there's always another one to sell isn't there why yeah. get why get emotionally attached to your stock it's just yeah. stock you know if, yeah. if we're selling apples i wouldn't get emotionally yeah. attached to an apple so yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get attached to a car definitely. there's always another car to buy so let's let's turn them over I guess yeah and and your turnover then like what's what's your cut off then is it 60 days 90 days or do you not have one I try hmm. I mean I, I mean I had a fo- I had a focus at 400 days which I kind of just let and it was only done 36,000 miles I don't know it's, uh, I think I started overpriced it and then I kind of just got well 
it's still a low mileage car, even though I've had it nine months, if that makes sense. Yeah. The mileage wasn't getting any higher. It's actually kind of getting lower because the car's getting older. It makes it lower mileage, <laughs> <Yeah>. technically, doesn't it? <laughs> and it wasn't going up in belt. It was still just sitting there. Um, but I guess, I guess kind of 60 days I'm dropping the price like, a little bit. Um, I do find, I think they're dropping it three or four hundred in our price in our price bracket up to sort of eight, nine grand cars can have, can have a massive effect, to be honest. Yeah. Which yeah. has always shocked me. Why Why does, I don't know, 7.4 seem so much better than 7.7? Seven, seven? If you're spending between seven and eight grand, it's 300 pounds of massive difference. Yeah. But it yeah. does sometimes get the phone ringing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got this Mini at the minute and it was on a 10 and a half and then, oh, bollocks, I'll just put it down to 9.90 and then phone just starts going. So... Some cars just have this certain uh, like magic number that gets the phone going. Well, we had, I, had, I had this debate the other day. I had a, I got a Ford EcoSport for the first time. Yeah, never had one before. It was a twenty-three thousand mile one in black, and it had leather and all that stuff. Yeah. So it seemed yeah, tick the boxes if you like. Uh, I think it was on eight and a half. Didn't really get many sniffs. So it's a case of well, have we bought the wrong car here? Put it down to seven nine nine zero. Same job as you just mentioned. Yeah. All of a sudden, the phone starts ringing. First guy comes. Um, so I think I left about 800 quid in it. So I had about 800 pound left in it, which is not a great deal, is it, really, on an no. eight-grand eight sale? Um, and first guy comes, buys it, trades a van in, which is, I love vans, no van. Get that whacked on, get that sold in a day. Yeah. It was probably double in just in the van, but yeah. we had in the actual EcoSport deal. Yeah. And then we yeah. took the guy's old Honda Accord on the van, which was a 100,000 mile 08 top spec diesel Accord, which again had not far off the same margin yeah. that the van had in. So it makes you wonder if there's a carrot to be dangled in the first place just to get the deals rolling, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's like there's, uh, there's double the profit in probably both the part exchanges, but yeah. it wouldn't have happened if we didn't drop the Ford. But should we have just dropped the Ford in the first place? Should we be, is, is there a, an argument for, for putting the first deal out there and, and trying to pick your part exchange? Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like everyone says, don't they? Um, First profit's the best profit, and I suppose it, 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 it's right. I mean, I went on about this Doblo I've got on this podcast, and I've still got it now. It's been here for about eight months. But if I just priced it right straight away and turned that money five or six times, and then, well, even three times, you know, you've made a lot more on your money, haven't you? But it's just sometimes it's hard to take like a three, four hundred pound loss when you know that that car's worth X amount. Yeah, I hate, I hate losing on cars. I think we all hate losing, but I guess you have to rip every last pound of profit out of every car you buy is the question, isn't it? And yeah. I suppose you don't. But then again, you're, you, you, when it is hard to source cars and when it's not, when it's, yeah. when stock seems scarce, why should you give it away? Yeah. It's very tricky. Probably no right or wrong answer, really. No, there isn't, is there? And, and how, so how do you... you do enough deals every month with you enough margin. That's it. That's how I look at it. Like, you know, if you looked at Auto Trader on a, working out how much per unit it costs, God bloody hell, you, you, you'd get depressed. But I just do God. that, what you say. Like, work out how much you've made that month and, and that's how much it's cost Auto Trader. Well, what, I, what I've done for the last five years, since, since it's just been myself, is basically work out what I need every month to break even with a normal weight. So yeah. whatever that figure is, I think it's around 12, 13 grand maybe. So it's kind of the race to that, if you know what I mean. So yeah. if I can chuck a couple of two grand margins in there, great, I'm getting there quicker. But yeah. you, know, you only need to sell 10 cars with a grand in them and you, you, you're there really, yeah. aren't you, more or yeah. less? Yeah, definitely. A couple of bar exchanges, a couple of big... It's not yeah. that difficult. No, But that's all part of keeping the overheads down and probably not having a full-time ballot and not having yeah. some yeah. of the... For the luxury of, of more yeah, yeah. yeah, I suppose it's when you're like, right, I need to hit 20 grand to break even. But... Well, I think, yeah, we were we were probably more than that at one point because when we're in the centre of Derby, the, the rent was double what I pay now for the similar size, really. Um, business rates we paid in the city centre as well, which were about 850 a month. It's a lot yeah. of money. It's another deal, isn't it? You've got to do every yeah. month, basically. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we don't pay rates where I am now. Um to say the rent is half, so yeah, it's, it's so much, it's so much easier. Yeah, when it's twenty, when you've got to make twenty grand, it's, it's, it's a lot of money every month. Yeah. And then when you've done it one month, it's the first of the next month. It just resets, and it, you just got to do it again. I know that's that's the worst thing about this job is you start from zero every month. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not as if 
I don't know, you've got property portfolio and you know every month you're going to get X amount of rent coming. I mean, that sounds like heaven in our game, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, same happened last month. Like We had like really good months and then it got the beginning. I thought, oh, bloody hell, I'm starting all over again. And I'm That's a... how I feel every month, Paul. You know, you, know, you know when you know you've sourced five good cars and it's that there and you think them, that's five pieces of great stock. Yeah. You know they've got good margins and you know they're going to sell. They sell in 10 days, 7 days, 14 days, whatever. But then all you've got to think is I've got to replace that now with equal stock and it's stressful yeah. and it's just constant, <laughs> constant same, isn't it? <laughs> it's so true because like... It's almost like I don't want to sell them because I, yeah, I know yeah. they can sit there and it's nice profit and when they're gone, they're gone. That's it, I've got to do something else now. <laughs> Like, yeah, I used to get the same feeling, say you'd do two or three cars that were right good, and, I've, and then it's a great buzz, and then it's like, oh God, how am I going to replace them? How am I going to replace them? And it, it put you on a bit, not a downer, but that that's why as well, um, you know, if, if you were a dealer that just dealt in one certain, I don't know, niche, maybe that might be a bit easier. What do you think? We kind of wanted to go, I remember seven, eight years ago, we wanted to kind of go into Volvo. We're selling a lot of S60 and we always did well on the V70, but the market changes quickly and it's um, it's a tricky one. You know, Do you want to be stuck with, if, if the market changes slightly and you've got 20 Volvo and you've only got 30 cars in stock, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. That, that's the, um, the best thing about, we can like, um, we can like pivot into whatever, can't we? See a little... A little trend, because I, I remember at one point, you know, I could sell focuses just really easy, and then they sort of like dropped off a cliff, you know, and, and no yeah, one wanted yeah. them. And uh, how can a focus drop off a cliff? How can it happen? Really? There's how many focuses on the road in this country? Oh God, there's millions of them. It's just it's as, as long as the price right, isn't it? Really? I think so. And they are. You can buy. I think the thing with cars like that, you can buy them every single week. Can't you? If you sell a focus. You can replace it with a focus that week somehow if you want to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's nice to keep them cars in stock. I mean, I don't probably don't do many focuses and Astras now. Yeah, I still like um, the Focus, but an Astra, not not as keen on them. I went off those new shape ones. There's so many issues with those as well. Yeah. I just kind of thought, mm, but I'm not. He's on the head for a bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, what what is your favourite stock to sell then? Is, there, is anything you refuse to sell? I'm definitely not interested in minis. I def- I'll buy the odd one privately, but very yeah. rare. So many horror stories with minis. See, I, uh, I love a mini. I just right. I just really struggle to sell them. They just they never seem to fly out unless I get it in part exchange. I got one of those strange, um, like coupe mini. Uh, I don't know if they call it. Is it? Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Coupe, the funny shape. It's like a Pearson, is it or something? Yeah, with but with a Cooper S engine. That sold really quickly. Sold that to someone who lives on a boat actually. That went not flew, <laughs> but um, I've had loads of mini sit. Especially, I don't know you, but I always end up buying a cream mini, thinking, "Oh, I've, girls must love cream minis." Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that must fly out. <laughs> Nine months later, I've not learned my lesson again. Oh, don't say that! I've got one coming in part X tomorrow. <laughs> and then it starts leaking oil because they all leak oil, don't they? Yeah. So you have to get that fixed. And an O2 sensor goes, so you've got to get that sorted. Yeah, yeah. At least, yeah, at least I, you I, know I what's coming. Stock a mini again, yeah. And you look if it doesn't need a chain, you look it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, definitely. But the, the funny thing is, you, you you keep buying them, but the margin's not really. Um, it's not amazing in it. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it. it doesn't cover the doesn't generally cover that one of the major jobs. It certainly wouldn't cover a clutch or a chain probably in the average mini. So no, no, oh, definitely yeah. not. But yeah, that's the favourite stock. I've had it. I do. I do like the French stock. I've always thought a Megane looks value against a Focus or or an Astra. Yeah. I've always liked the entry level uh, seven seaters, the French seven seaters. The, the, the Grand Scenic because I think they look so much better than a Mazda 5 in terms, just in terms of value or, or an S-Max or a Zafira so always yeah. thought well with those uh, and I like estates yeah we, we do a lot of MPVs and estate size cars and what about Mazdas then because I always see you've got loads of Mazdas on your website I like, well I always, always did a lot of Mazda 5s always always sold Mazda 5s um, always sold MX-5s although the customers for those they're not the easiest to sell are they no <laughs> Um, but I like Mazda 6s yeah I don't know I've always done well Mazda 3s yeah I can't really think of any Mazda I don't like really yeah it, they get a certain type of customer don't they apart from like Mazda MX-5s obviously yeah they're all lunatics them. but 
you get yeah with Mazdas you do get with the big ones you know the bigger ones you do get like they, they don't hang around forever do they on our tra- no, trader no I don't, I don't think we've ever really had an overage Mazda and I've had a lot of, I don't know I'd hate to say how many Mazdas I've sold I mean kind of had rust issues on the early ones yeah. when we first started selling them but now no I don't not, no I love Mazdas yeah, yeah. I've a lot of them I don't know if it's on top of people's list. The people sit at home, you know, what car should we look for? Should we have an Astro or Focus? Does Mazda pop up? Does someone say, let's have a Mazda? I know, maybe they're looking for a Focus online and then they see this Mazda that's a bit newer and it's in the yeah, right price range. You, you and get a bit more spec on it, maybe. Yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. a bit different to what everyone else has got, I guess. Yeah, it might be that. And um, So what, what? what's like your worst car dealer habit, would you say, then? Definitely for me is easy on this question. It will definitely um, problem cars, sticking them in death row, parking them around the back, hiding the keys, and just letting them sit rather than deal with them. And it's such a stupid, such a stupid business practice. It makes me embarrassed when I look at them and drive past them. And when you work out how much value is sat there, and how many, how many are normally sat there? I got up to seven last year, which just seven cars sat there. One of them was yeah. there for two years. Oh, bugger. But it's like, you know, sometimes you, you get a car with a problem and you know it's going to cost you a fortune. Yeah. You know, you, you're probably not worth fixing. But then if it owes you, say you say it's on your stock book for four grand and you know selling it to the auction because it's noisy as out or the clutch is gone or the gearbox and engine's gone or something. What are you going to get back for it? A grand, 500 yeah. quid, 15 yeah. So you're actually, until you sell it, yeah. it's still on your stock book at four grand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So your stock value looks quite good, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's just pulling the trigger, and I did it on a couple last month. I had a Skoda that was that was uh, using oil, which I've had for a year and a half. I am actually had to MOT that because we, we were going to use a car buying website to get rid of it. And uh, it flew through its MOT still, but it was just using, I think it was using a litre of oil every 130 miles or something, oh, something yeah. ridiculous. So in the end, we just pulled the trigger. But that money now has been recycled into another car, which is sold. And I've got the spaces that were, you know, were in death row, as I call it, that can actually yeah. be used for holding stock that needs to go to the body shop now or yeah. be coming for sale next week. Yeah. So it's such a stupid practice, and I've got to stop it. Yeah. And you always feel better when you get rid of them, no matter. Oh, it's so nice. For me as well, I, as I drive into my estate, where I keep them is on the way in, so I can't even avoid looking at them. I have to look at them every day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been winding me up as I drive past and um, uh, yeah you, you just have to go they have to go That's that, I can't let I can't let them any more build up this year so basically yeah. it's either fix the cars or just trade to trade them or send them to auction yeah. it's got to be that yeah yeah and what about so about customers that stick in your head like what's your your, your, your customer that still gives you nightmares the, the worst one was a late it was a lady and she it was. There were. I'm sure there were a lesbian couple. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm ninety nine percent sure. The lady that bought the car was fine, but her partner or who came with her was an absolute, absolute nightmare. I can remember that today. It was an orange fourteen hundred pound Fiat Punto, and the only fault they were moaning about was um, the door, the check strap. You know what I mean? It was a bit noisy. It was clean, yeah. basically. But to her, this was not acceptable. It needed to go back. It needed to go to Fiat. It needed to go to Italy. I don't know. It needed it needed ten engineers to come and give a report. It's just a noisy strap. And then I, perhaps we should have put a twenty pound strap on it. But it seems so pathetic on a car less than less than fifteen hundred pounds. But it turned out. I actually think she. I don't think she was lying either. But a brother worked for the Darden Evening Telegraph, so. She, oh, he was going to come down the next day and we'll go, and angry all her friends were going to come and they were going to be marching outside with placards and we'll, my face was going to be in the uh, in the Telegraph definitely by Monday because <laughs> we sold this terrible car <laughs> with a noisy door. Uh, I can't remember what we did in the end, but it, it did go away somehow. But yeah, I can remember it was a nightmare. You oh. know, one of the days when you go home and you just need to go to the pub, you, yeah. you, you're aggravated, <laughs> yeah. you're sweating. And he, didn't, he doesn't need to be like that, but but they do make it like that sometimes. It's never the big problem. It's always a niggly, stupid yeah, issue that yeah, yeah. takes out of context. Yeah, you're, you're so... That, that's so true. I did the other month. Um, this car is it is like my, my nightmare car. And do you know what? It was a really nice car. It was spot on. And uh, it put from, from start to end, it's just been a nightmare. So... You know when it went really busy on just after lockdown and everyone was paying yeah. stupid money for cars. 
Yeah, definitely. The, yeah. The, pent up, the pent up demand from the customers yeah. at that time was huge. It was very, I, mean, it, I felt like I could have sold anything at that time. Exactly. And buying them was a nightmare. So I was on BC all day online and I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to get anything here. And this C-Max came up white and I thought it had 36,000 miles on the clock. So I'm bidding, bidding. I'm like, oh, bugger it. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> it's like, ammo goes down or whatever. You've got it for four, 4,500. And uh, and then I looked at me email and it's flipping got 86,000 miles on the clock. I'm like, oh, oh dear. Over the one as well. It's not ideal, is it? So it's only worth five grand. So it's been on the pitch for months. <laughs> Whatever, and then this bloke comes to buy. It, it makes you wonder what the other bidder was up to then, doesn't it? That's I don't the think there was another bidder. <laughs> I think it was just the <laughs> the auction man just, yep, yeah, we'll have a bit of that. And um yeah, so then I had it forever, and then this old bloke turns up looking for a car for his grandson. They're always the worst customers, aren't they? Nightmares. Yeah, the old bloke. So he said, Yeah, I'm gonna have it, but I want a three month warranty and all this bollocks. And his grandson was spot on, he was fine. But they had it for about two or three weeks. And he's like, the clutch has got a squeak on it. What are you going to do? I was like, we'll bring it back, we'll have a look. Honestly, this this squeak, it was it, it was neither here nor there. You know, it was like every now and again you'd hear a look. Yeah, I'd really listen to it and be like, eek. <laughs> but at what point do you say it's a, it's a, it's a moving part, it's making a noise, that if I shut my laptop lid now, it's going to make a noise. It's exactly. just moving, isn't it? It's working. It's not yeah. dangerous. You can you get to work with it. It's just squeaking, but it's eight years old or yeah. ten years old. Well, it was seven, seven years old, so you're going to get nothing wrong with the clutch. Took it a mechanic. Mechanic said, there's nothing wrong with it. Blah, blah, blah. All this. Eventually, I bit the bullet. I said, look, I'll go halves with you. So, right, great, brilliant. Went to take it to the uh, mechanic's. And I had to go to Sainsbury's or something. So I went to Sainsbury's, parked the car up, didn't realise I had it in gear. <laughs> Turned it off. It jumped and it hit the wall in front of me. <laughs> so then I had to go and take it to the body shop, put a clutch in it. It just couldn't get any worse. And fixed it for it. And then a week later, uh, it went into limp mode. I'm like, oh, fuck's But all it needed was a, a fuel filter because it hadn't had a fuel filter in was seven diesel, years. Yeah, it was a diesel. Yeah, it was yeah, a diesel. Terrible for that, though. Yeah. So then the lad's like, I've lost confidence in it and all this. And I'm like, oh, God, this I car. Mean, you should have just said, I've, I never had confidence in it in the first place, to be honest. <laughs> it was just a <laughs> yeah. disaster from day one. Like, then was, I would have given me his money back, but he, and he'd spent half the money on the clutch. So that's why I knew he wasn't going to want his money back. Yeah, of course. You know, so yeah, you just you just get them, don't you? We but, all get, we just get them. And the funny thing is, you you, you just got to forget about them. But you always remember your last big headache until the next one comes along, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, You've got to be uh, like stoic about it. You've just got to remember they're gonna come. They're gonna, well, it's gonna yeah, happen. I, I try and say that to customers. Well, it's not personal, is it? It's just a piece of metal. It's not. Yeah. If we sell you a car and it breaks, sometimes you can tell when the customers ring up. They're kind of a bit sheepish on the phone, almost like we're gonna get irate. We're gonna get angry, but. It's just a piece of metal that's gone wrong. It's a car that's broken. That's We've given you a warranty. We're not going anywhere. We've got a good reputation. Let's fix it for you. No one has to fall out, do they? Or, no. And, and then when the not, customer's not like, oh, that's brilliant, thank you, it just makes it all so much easier, yeah, doesn't definitely. it? When you get an appreciative, an appreciative customer, sorry, it's, um, yeah. it is nice, to be fair. And sometimes, at times, they do feel few and far between, don't they? Yeah, they do, definitely. Sometimes. But then yeah. again, probably you can have a week where you get everyone's dead nice and everyone's dead appreciative. So it's just not yeah. always like that. But yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, the people you do the big repairs on where you go the extra mile are the ones that don't seem to give a, to give a yeah. shit at the time. Yeah, yeah, they don't realise the lengths you've just went to. No. So. When, you, when, you, when you're getting a clutch done in 24 hours and you've given them a courtesy car and you've dropped yeah. it from the town and uh, yeah. it, it's cost you more than you may, it could possibly make on the car, yeah. they're just not bothered. No, they're not. They're like, oh, they don't even say thank you. They're like, oh, just, they just expect it. Exactly. And that, yeah, that's the worst thing. So if, if you could go back in time then and start again, would you do anything differently then? I don't know if I would really. I like the fact I've done everything. I like the fact that I've done, I've done the valeting, I've done the sales, I've done the buying, I've done the advertising, I've done uh, the, you know, even silly things like design the signs or 
not very good, but done, I've done it. Do you know what I mean? I think I've done everything, really. Yeah. I don't think there's any part of it I haven't done. You know, I've cleaned dog hairs out of a boot on a Friday night to get it ready for a Saturday collection, I guess. So, no, I don't think so. I'd probably something to do slightly differently, but generally the process, I would do the same, I think. Really. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And, and in 10 years' time, then, do you think you'll still be doing this on your own? Or do you think you have a uh, team of people uh, working with you? I don't know. I don't think I'd go back to having many. I don't like running a team of staff. I prefer to do things myself. You know it's done right when you do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I kind of think it's it's hard to get someone to replace you. Do it the way you want it done. If they were that, as, if they were as good as you or me or anyone else who's successful, I guess, then they'd be doing it themselves, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. So definitely. I would have staff, and I'd get a good staff member, but I, I don't think I would. I definitely wouldn't want a team of, of three or four again, like like I got to. Um, it's just a lot more stress, really. Yeah. And do you, it's, do you make any more money at the end of the month? It's negligible, I think. Yeah. What What did um, you find? What did you find hardest about having them them staff? Was it just meeting the the the, the payroll at the end of the month? Um, or? That what I would say. No, we, all, we never never we always, could always pay them. But do you get? I just kind of thought I can do this myself. I can just do slightly less cars. Sell have a slightly simpler process, but do more of it myself. So rather than have a valetor does not really need it all week. Let's outsource the balloting when, as and when we need it. It doesn't cost anymore. Yeah. Um, salesman is, do I need a salesman dealing with every email inquiry? Or I can do it myself. You know, I, I'm, I don't know how you get on with it, but I'm quite happy to email people back off at 10 at night if I'm still up. Yeah. yeah. I've emailed people from the pub, I've sold cars from bus stops. I don't, it's fine. I don't mind doing it. It's so <laughs> yeah. easy now on your phone, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It is so just brilliant. try and do it myself. I know I can do the 25 cars a month on my own. I'm prepared to do it, so I just carry on like that. Work. But in 10 years' time, I guess the only thing that would put me out of it if the, for definite would be if the cars got so complicated and so costly to fix that I just kind of couldn't be bothered with it anymore, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you know, if they have to go into main dealers, for, you know, the, I suppose if once the, everything changes over to electric, yeah, if that is in ten years or fifteen years, you know, if they have to go into main dealers, at, what will it be an hour then? Two, two hundred quid probably, two hundred and fifty yeah, quid. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna be, be a struggle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like Tesla cars. If you want your your tire changing, they've all got to go to a certain garage. Yeah, um, I mean, is that a lot? Is that even legal? I don't know. I think I, I only know that because this garage I went to it had a Tesla in, and the, the mechanic mechanic was saying, "Oh, look, you know, you've got to be a, a qualified garage to change these tyres." So if it goes like that, yeah, it will be a little bit of a pain in the bum. But you know, everything changes. This is life. Everything changes. You've just got to adapt, haven't you? So, but. Uh, it might do it another 10 years, might do it, you might not have done it for another 40 years, but yeah. we'll see. You just don't know what's around the corner, do you? No, not at all. And best advice you've been given then as a car trader? Or, or for life? Uh, for car trading, you've definitely not got to take things personally and not not dwell on things too much, not dwell on the bad things, not 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 dwell on the bad events and the bad happenings, the bad cars, the bad customers. You've got to try and just put them behind you as quick as you can. So don't follow my own advice because I leave cars with massive problems <laughs> sat in my yard for years and years. But if you can just move on, there's always another deal to be done, isn't there? Yeah. You know, yeah. if you you know if you know have a bad customer, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith's a variety, he's doing your editing at 11 o'clock, don't take out on Mr. Jones at 1 o'clock, if you know what I mean. He's a fresh customer. There's another chance. Go and sell to him. Go and show him yeah. why you are worth buying from. So, just dwelling on all the bad stuff and negativity and it, it does get us all down but don't let it get you too much because you, you're only one day away from smashing five deals out of the park yeah yeah Def, that's the best thing about this job is you can have that's like a striker having this barren spell and then he'll he'll get an hat trick and that, that's he's off and running again isn't he the, yeah. it doesn't matter that he didn't score for five yeah. a bit like your theme actually just mentioned it's a nightmare and did you did you want to Paint that bumper for him. Of course, you didn't. But when you sell four cars the next day and you, you, you're making ten yeah. times the amount it costs to paint the bumper, who cares? Exactly. You forgot about it, haven't you? It's gone. It's gone. You it's forgot gone. about it. But you know what? See with me, do the the cars where you lose money, they stick in my head more than the ones where I've made money. 
Yeah, definitely. Is it? Why yeah, is that? Well, is it because there's less of those, or there should be less of those? Because if, if you're losing on more than you make, there's a big problem. We're not doing yeah. the right job, are we? <laughs> yeah, I can, there's a few that stick in my head where we've lost, definitely. But, the, yeah, I mean, I can't remember any of the big profits from eight years ago now. I just, just can't remember. It's, oh. No way, it's gone. That's it. Too well, many cars. Well, we saw this Volvo last week, and there was a really good margin in it, and it was great, and it was dead easy. And it was like, and then I've just forgot about it. It's just gone. But if I sell one and there's no profit in it and I've had to put discs, pads, everything on it, it's sort of like, it just sticks in my, it just pisses me off. You know, well, I tell you what I hate, well, I, yeah, what winds me up more is when you just have to move something on for level. So it just seems oh, like such a waste yeah. of time. Because yeah. you haven't made anything, but you haven't even got a story yeah. to tell. It's just level. No. You know, if you, if you yeah. take a party change for a grand and you move it on for a grand, it's just boring, isn't it? What's the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. The, the, them losses do stick in your head, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think you've hit the nail on the head. The, the ones where you just break it. Like, we've had two this week, an Audi A1 and a Sportage, and didn't make any money on it. And it was just... Yeah, Especially could, if you've had to retail them, so you know there's a risk of that customer coming back at yeah, some point. Yeah, that's that it. I would have rather just traded it on. I would have probably felt better trading it on, mm. you know. So, yeah, it's a funny old game, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. And uh, what, is there any app or programme you can't live without? Well, at the minute, I was thinking about this question in detail. I would have to go with the Runkeeper app, because when I know we spoke about it, haven't we, running and stuff. And oh, it's been mate. great. It's like, I've been really into it since Christmas, and it's been great great for the evenings, filling my time up. So Roomkeeper's great, looking at all my friends and uh, all the other people I know out there running and comparing times and stuff. I was, I'd was, i like to say that the apps that bring you the beers in the pub, but I think they've been deleted because I've used them for so long. <laughs> they were great last year discovering that Weatherspoons app and not having to move out your table and getting 10 pints and a yeah. chips bought to you for 20 quid. It's amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, mate, that <laughs> Runkeeper run one, mate, it's so good. It's so good. You know, for, yeah, I love it. I find it so, it's, it really does, it, I, I just like tracking it against other people. It's, it's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And but, showing my progress and everything else. This, you know, really, we should make an app for a car dealer, like car keeper, car trader keeper. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, and then every, see yeah, which cars been sat at the back of your unit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you know, because the things so I like last year, I done. Uh, uh, well, I got in the London Marathon, but obviously that didn't go ahead. So they done. Did a, you do the virtual one. Yeah, yeah, I done the virtual one, and uh, Runkeeper was just if 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 I didn't have that, it, it's just brilliant because you pay. I think it's like ten quid or twenty quid if you're doing a marathon and it tells you exactly what you need to do. So say you're going to run three week, three runs a week. The first run, it'll say, right, today you're running, you've got to run for like... Yeah, uh, it takes it out of your hands kind of thing. Yeah, it, and in your headphones, it's telling you, right, for the next five minutes, you've got to run at a certain pace and then you've got to slow down. So it makes you run fast, go slow, and it makes it gets your... Uh, you, you know, it gets your, your fitness really good, gets your fitness up. And I never would have thought I'd be able to run 20 miles. And uh, and then after about four months, I was up to 20 miles. It was brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm way off that. I gave, I gave up running actually for a few years. I had a really bad knee. So then I got into cycling and spinning, which enabled me. I think the, the strength I gained from that yeah. enabled me. My, I admit to run without any pain. I don't run with no. I run for an hour, an hour and a half now with no pain, which is great. So, but I'm away. I'm away off doing twenty miles. But yeah, I'd like to get there, and it's possible, isn't it? Basically, yeah. if you keep training, mate. With that run keeper, you can do it. Definitely, definitely. Um, I always thought I'm only an half marathon man. It's just what you believe in your head. You think? Yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah, the psychology of it. Mate, it's like me. I think in my head. If you've only ever run. If you only ever run 10k in your life, you are a 10k man, aren't you? So that's it. It's, yeah. You've, you've got to go and push yourself and yeah. get trained up to that next level. But I'd be, yeah, if you can run a mile, you can run two. If you can run two, you can run four. So just keep going. It's like, it's them limiting beliefs. And uh, it's like in my head, I think, oh, I can only sell 20 cars. But then either you've done 30 odd in a month on your own. Think, well, why am I thinking like that? I'm just having a limiting uh, belief. Yeah, get rid of the limits, and then I, yeah. anything 
possible, isn't yeah. it? He's got to crack on with it. Yeah, there's this bloke, he's called David Goggins, and he goes on about... Um, like people are a little bit like cars, you know, where you've got a, a limiter on a car where it won't let you yeah. go so fast, but it can actually go a lot faster. That's like us in our own bodies. Like we think we can only do so much. Like apparently we could, we stop at like forty percent when really we could be doing an extra. It makes a lot of sense when you put it like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and. Uh, that's that's what's good about these podcasts, you know. It, it's just really good hearing everyone else's story, um, like yourself doing it on your own. It's very inspirational. Well, I kind of do it backwards, don't I? Because most people start off on their own and get more stuff and <laughs> yeah. get bigger. Well, I, I thought started off with two of us, went to having four or five staff, and then yeah. decided to roll it back again. But I definitely wouldn't change it. I like the way I do it now. Yeah, definitely brilliant. Oh, well, mate, it's been... So I'm going to do a little outro now, so don't put the phone down. Um, so, Craig, it's been amazing having you on the podcast. Thank you for yeah, joining us. And um, so where, where can people find you then if they want to get in touch with you or anything like that? Uh, well, the website is www.ccarsdarby.co.uk. If you want to get me on the phone, it's... Um, so one three three two four nine We're on... We're not really on the forums as much now. It's all WhatsApp groups, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're always available on WhatsApp for a chat or whatever. It doesn't have to be about cars or a couple of the forums, car dealer forum. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, about it, man. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, mate. Super. All right, pal. Thanks so much. Yeah.